G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. The Opinions, The Panel. Joined this morning by News Hub's James Regan and our very own SENZ's very own Ricardo Ball this morning to uh, work through uh, a number of subjects, uh, including a really good one for you, James, because you broke the story last night that the Kiwis will now officially play Tonga at Mount Spart the week before the Warriors come home and start playing some games at home, which is going to be a great occasion in its own right. But, James, this is exciting news for league fans. In a window, I think, around about the state of origin, is that right? Yeah, Moist. Um, yeah, it's really, really exciting. It's going to be the same weekend as the second State of Origin, I believe, June 25th. Uh, so Kiwis on Saturday, State of Origin on the Sunday, and then a week later, as you say, the Warriors coming back to Mount Smart. So suddenly after, you know, so long without any action over here, we're going to, we're going to get a few good games, which is really great because I know league fans here have just been desperate to watch uh, watch their teams live and Kiwis against Tonga, you know, we've seen some some great games between the two over the past few years. You know, we all remember the Sea of Red um, at Mount Smart during the World Cup in 2017. So hopefully we see a return of those scenes as well. And both teams preparing for a World Cup uh, at the end of the year as well. So hopefully the Kiwi firms can get a game uh, down there as well. And it's a doubleheader and it's going to be a huge, uh, huge couple of weeks of league finally after, after so long. What are you anticipating, James, in terms of availability of, of players? Clearly, uh, there's a window there with State of Origin where a lot of Kiwi players aren't involved. But um, what, are you, what are you looking like in terms of this, this uh, one-off strength uh, for this Kiwi game? I, I think the appetite is definitely there from the players. They will want to play um, for their team, right? And, and that goes for both Kiwis and Tong as well. I think... Uh, it'll get to a stage as well where the NRL is probably saying you need to let these guys go. It's just the one week that they're going to be away or, you know, 10 days or whatever it is that they'll be in camp and needing to get over here. Um, because the, the game needs the international game at the end of the day. That is the pinnacle still for, for me anyway. It's still uh, the best of the best seeing the Kiwis, the Aussies, the, you know, the English, the Tongans going at it. Um, and we really need that game to get going. As we say, there's a World Cup. Uh, at the end of the year, that got cancelled last year. So that the international scene's been put on the back burner. I'd say the NRL would will want to push uh, players playing for their country. It's, it's a great look for the game, if nothing else. So I'd expect a good t- turnout. The players are definitely keen, that's for sure. Well, it's pretty much three years since uh, the Kiwis have played at Mount Smart. So that is a hell of a long time uh, for them to be away from probably their home ground, as you'd like to call it, back here in New Zealand. So... Uh, Ricardo, but the other thing that it signifies too is uh, the Warriors homecoming and finally some New Zealand franchises are going to get some home court, home field advantage. Yeah, which is going to be great. Uh, I, I don't know how the Warriors feel about New Zealand Rugby League uh, uh, putting this game in a week before they get to come home and, and whether or not that'll you know sort of have any impact on their crowd. You'd, you'd hope not. You'd hope the appetite for live uh, rugby league at this level is, is going to be there but uh, now looking forward to it Smithy and uh, looking forward to being able to go along to Mount Smart uh, 
had a Fritz's wiener uh, and watched some uh, some top level uh, rugby league on our own home patch. Um, the the only question I have, and I don't know James might be able to fill us in on this, is is Christian Wolf, um, obviously the Tongan coach, is also the St Helens coach, and according to the Super League draw, St Helens play Leeds on the twenty third of June, which is two days before this match. So are they going to Tonga going to have their coach available? Yeah, that, that's a tough one. Tonga have kind of been up in the air over the past couple of years for various um, various reasons. I think Christian will take charge uh, of the World Cup. I'm not sure whether St. Helens will be keen on him uh, dashing over for a game um, over here. But, yeah, it would be, be great to have a full contingent of Tonga, a coach included, definitely. But I'm not, not 100% sure on that one whether he'll be able to come over for that game. Uh, one of the other things that uh, signify homecomings uh, will be the Phoenix. It's going to be a bit late for them this time around. Uh, Ricardo, and they've gone into a, um, a slump where they've suffered, I won't just say defeats, uh, they've been quite heavy defeats. What, what's, hap- what's happening in the franchise at the moment? Well, I think you've you got to look at the injuries that they've picked up. Um, you know, and I mean, they, they had a lack of depth, I think, anyway. Um, but when you lose Alex Rufa, your captain, um, who's you know, sort of being there game in, game out, playing a lot of 90-minute performances in the middle of the park. And then you lose his partner, Clayton Lewis, who they still haven't told us exactly what's gone wrong or when uh, Clayton will be back. But uh, things are pointing to he might not be back this season. So uh, those guys hold the middle of the park. They dictate play. Uh, He's lost both of them. And then uh, the best striker that you've got in uh, in Gary Hooper, not only has got out of his contract for next year, but he's got some sort of injury that seems to be preventing him from playing as well. Uh, so you've got all these things going on which certainly haven't helped. Um, and then, you know, Sam Sutton is having to, who's been, you know, effectively the first choice left back, has been having to, to sit in midfield, which he likes to do. That is a position he's played previously, but he hasn't played it at this level a lot. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of question marks over that and, and whether or not, you know, the Phoenix are able to, uh, you know, sign a free transfer here or there and bring someone in that can help that. It doesn't look like that's the case. They've, they've promoted another couple of kids out of the academy and sent them over and both those guys were on the bench after they'd only arrived in Sydney two days beforehand after that game against the Mariners which tells you everything you need to know I think about the depth of the Phoenix at the moment um, I talked to Cameron Housen last night who of course has been with the All Whites mm. up uh, in qualifying and I asked him whether or not you know there had been any contact and he said no he hadn't heard anything and you know he looks like an obvious one because he's not in a fully professional environment he's still playing uh, at a level good enough for Danny Hay um, so you would have thought uh, you know alone for the rest of the season something like that might have worked but it doesn't look like the Phoenix have even talked to him about it so I think what you see is what you got for the Phoenix for the rest of the season uh, they've got three games in hand on Sydney who are above them and only a point above them and Sydney to be fair got beaten 4-0 by Melbourne City last night as well but the, game, the way the games are coming thick and fast, they're playing every three or four days. I, I don't see this getting any better because there's just no time to fix anything and no time to get anybody else in. OK, uh, we'll stick with the football theme in the second part as well, Ricardo. I'll ask you what you know about Costa Rica because I know not much, but I'm going to have to find out very shortly. It's coming up at uh, 10.31 here on SEN. James Regan, uh, Ricardo Ball will continue part two of the panel. But in the meantime, here's the news with Aroha. The panel. Ricardo Ball and James Regan with us this morning. And James, uh, I'm just seeing a headline come across stuff uh, again this morning. Uh, people regarding the punishment dealt out to Caleb Clark after his 
red card, a three-week suspension um, as a result of his actions against Moana Pacifica. What did you read of that? And the red cards have uh, have been pretty commonplace so far. Yeah, it's it's definitely been the theme of Super Rugby Pacific over the past few weeks, hasn't it? I mean, there have been a couple of others that you can understand. I mean, the, you know, they're trying to clamp down and protect players, which which is great, and um, we really need to see. But the Caleb Clark one, like three weeks, that that seems a lot for me. Bearing in mind the situation and the speed the game has played out, there's no, obviously no malice in anything that Caleb was trying to do. He was trying to compete for the ball. He's a competitor, as they all are. You know, it was contact with the head. I can understand a red card. Um, I think it was James Dolman refereeing. I can understand him kind of seeing that and going, OK, that, that's got to be a red. But to then review it and go through it and, and give him three weeks, I, I think that's pretty harsh. I mean... That's the way the game is played. There's always going to be incidents like that. And to then go back and look at it and still give them three weeks, I think that's pretty harsh on Caleb Clark. Yeah, I do too, actually. Having reviewed the, the various incidents, I don't think there should just be a carte blanche penalty uh, for these things. I think they've got to be looked in, in the, each in the individual case and uh, previous records, etc. like that. I think three weeks is exceptionally harsh. However... Uh, that's what he's going to have to sit out, it seems. Uh, James, the, the Masters, is, does it grab you? I mean, for me, it does. It absolutely does grab me. But the Masters Golf Tournament, uh, same course every year. We get to know it. Uh, the green jacket up for grabs, all the traditions. Is, is it something that, that, um, that spins your wheels? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not a, a huge fan of golf. I'm not going to sit up and watch every tournament overnight. But the Masters is definitely one you, you kind of look for in the calendar and even more so this year, obviously, with Tiger Woods. We've seen the amazing crowds that have, that have come out just to see him do a few practice holes and, and everything he's been through. It's great. But uh, in terms of the Masters in general, yeah, you've got to watch it. It's just, you know, the stories that come along with it. Someone always comes out of nowhere and absolutely, you know, either wins it or, or gives everyone else a, a pretty good fright. So, yeah, you've got to watch it. And I'm, I'm so, so excited to see Tiger back and... Um, so impressed and, and just have so so much admiration for what he's done uh, over the past year or year and a half since that since that car crash. So yeah, we'll definitely be tuning into this one. That's for sure. Yeah, it's a hell of a story. There's no doubt about it. Um, and it grips the world. Uh, whatever Tiger does grips the world. But actually, back on the golf course is uh, the good side of it. Uh, Ricardo just had a text come in for you. Tell Ricardo Ten Hag will be the next Man's United manager. Found out this morning per Fabrizio <laughs> Romano. From Brad, what do you make of that? I think it's a great move. I really do. I think um, of the of the options that United had, uh, I, I think he's probably the best. He's at the moment uh, in charge of Ajax. He's been at Ajax for a while. He's uh, brought through a lot of very very good players. Uh, you know, he got Ajax to a Champions League semi final where they, they were very unlucky to, to to not make the final that year. Um, and prior to the year, I think prior to that, they'd made the uh, the Europa League final. So. He knows how to manage in Europe, uh, and you know, and that's on a a very small budget compared to you know, in, in Holland compared to you know the French leagues or the, the Spanish, the German, uh, the Italian, or the English leagues. So, I think it's a great appointment. He plays very good football. He likes to bring youth through, and uh, it's just really for United now about making sure they have a structure in place to support them to do the best job possible. But uh, I think it's the best appointment. I certainly wanted him over. Mauricio Pochettino, I, I, and I think uh, if they can get that nailed on and they can sort 
the the office out because uh, there seem to be too many shifts. Uh, I think is, is is a big part of the problem at United. Uh, then I think he'll be a, he'll be a success. And I think it'll be a great appointment. I think when you've got chefs in the office, you've got big problems, mate. No doubt about that. Um, particularly if the managers are in the kitchen, I can promise you. Uh, here's the other thing, though, Ricardo. Uh, Peru. It's not Peru this year. It's not Mexico this time round. It is Costa Rica. Uh, that kind of excites me. Uh, should I be optimistic? Yeah, I think so. I think so, mate. I, I really do. I, you know, and, and for several reasons. Um, you know, one of those is that this is a one-off game, and I think that it's a one-off game in a neutral venue, and that probably goes in our favour. Uh, I don't know if you saw the other day Costa Rica played the USA, beat them 2-0 in Costa Rica, which you think, well, that's a frightening result. But the US have never beaten Costa Rica in Costa Rica in their entire history. And it's, uh, you know, talk about a cauldron. Uh, I think going to Costa Rica, that's the epitome of going into a cauldron. And the All-Whites aren't going to have to do that. It's going to be neutral territory. So I think that goes in our favour. And I also think this Costa Rican team uh, is is on their last leagues is probably a bit harsh, but their best are at the end of their careers. You know, they've got Brian Oviedo, who played for Fulham in the Premier League. They've got Brian Ruiz in the Premier League. Uh, they're both 36 now. Uh, they've got Kayla Navas, the PSG goalkeeper. They've got a guy called Joel Campbell, who Arsenal fans will remember. He never quite cracked it there, but he, he, he was there for a long time and spent a lot of time on loan at Real Betis in, in, in Spain. And those are their four big players. Um, Pretty much everyone else plays in the Costa Rican league, and uh, I got a, a, a U.S. football writer who writes for the New York Times on football, Brian Shatteron, uh, while I was filling in for you the other week to ask him about that Costa Rican mm-hmm. league and how it measured up. And he said, "Look, it's a really poor league. Um, it, it's not anywhere close to say the MLS level. Uh, the only thing positive for Costa Rica is that." the players that they do have are playing for the two top teams in that league so they know each other well. But in general, it's pretty much an ageing squad that the Costa Ricans have and their best players are past their peak. So I think if you look on paper, player for player, with the always, our players are playing in better leagues at better levels. So I think we're a better team and uh, I think Danny's smart enough uh, to get us through this tie. I look forward to it. I really do. I think it's going to be quite exciting and it's not that far away either with limited uh, preparation time. Um, uh, James, just finally, Joseph Parker uh, and talks uh, in a fight with uh, Joe Joyce coming up. What about that proposition? Yeah, I think I think that's a great fight uh, for both of them. Uh, it's looking like it's going to be in the UK around June, July time, um, and that'll be that'll be that'll do huge numbers in the UK. Joe Parker is really popular over there. Joe Joyce is obviously up and coming and and will want a title shot eventually. So. After the back end of last year, where Joe Parker finished really strong against Derek Chisora and really put himself uh, back in the mix for that heavyweight division, uh, it's a great fight, and, and I know he wants to get out sooner rather than later as well. He's training with uh, Tyson Fury still at the moment in the build-up to his fight, so uh, yeah, hopefully a deal can get done and then all the paperwork can get done and we can see Joe, both Joes uh, out there sooner rather than later. James Regan and Ricardo Ball, thanks very much, uh, gentlemen, for uh, the panel this morning. We'll have another one uh, tomorrow morning around about this time. Uh, have a good weekend, James and Ricardo. Have a great night's sleep. I understand you're going to be really busy tomorrow, so look forward to that as well. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.